Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Not too far past time, but uh, how is everybody? Glad to see you here. Got a light crowd tonight, but that's okay. Um, I um, normally start us off in prayer, and I, I will do that tonight, and uh, normally have a little five minute of inspirational, God-inspired word <laughs> to give you, but you're going to have more of me tonight, because I'm teaching, so you'll have about 45 minutes of that, <laughs> hopefully. Um, well, let's start off in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for this um, uh, this meeting, Lord, and Father, every meeting um, we call for the Spirit to be in this place. We we call for your presence to be with us, and Father, let your words come out of my mouth. Um, let what you say be a seed that is planted, and um, Father, we just to worship you, we love you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have a few probably come. In, but yeah, here comes a few now. So we'll give a, a little time here. Everybody gets busy in the summertime, and you know, it's light out till nine o'clock, and you know, you're wanting to get things done. And I get it, you know, I'm a doer, I like to get things done. So, but it's important to come to church and to fellowship and to be with the body and uh, to give encouragement. And so, that's important too. Um, so I have a question for you guys. Um, you know, we have Good Friday, we have Easter. Does anybody know what this Thursday is? Hmm. Not yet. Close, but would you agree? Uh, no, no. Huh? Yes and no. <laughs> we do. This Thursday is the 40th day after Jesus rose from the grave. And it is what I would call ascension. Day of ascension. So that's what I would say. He ascended to the Father. So that's my message tonight is what happened after Easter. And and I'm 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 wanting to tell you all that, you know, I'm not Easter is foundational. It's 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 like Bob said, nothing ever hap, happened like that in the world ever. And and it is something that we stand on on our Christian faith that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, for the world's sins. He took it upon himself. And I don't want to, you know, we celebrate that, and, and we should celebrate that. However, it didn't end there. And he rose again, and he was seen on the earth for 40 days. And so my question is, what happened in them 40 days? Yeah, when he rose, though, from the grave and he was seen by apostles and, and he fellowshiped with them, why was that? Why, why is that so important? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it out a little bit for you, I think. And I feel like God has inspired me um, through this. And, and I met with my brother, Bob Grisham. Um, if you all don't know him, dear brother of mine in, in Christ, I would consider him a spiritual father to me, just like John Aiken. He's probably the only two people that I would ever say that to um, that's pastored me in my lifetime. And so I kind of, I met with Bob and said, look, you know, it, 
met with him and said, look, just coach me. Just here, here's what I've got. Here's what I feel like I've got. I've got this rough draft. Coach me, you know, because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like Bob. I, I haven't preached that much. You know, I feel a call for it. So we're going to kind of read some scripture, and I'm going to read a lot because we can't put them up on the board. So, but I think it's important to know, and I'll, and I'll try to go real fast um, reading-wise. And it's NIV, and I know, I know I prefer New King James, but I've had this Bible for, I don't know, 25 years. And it's a Promise Keeper's Bible that I bought at a Promise Keeper event, and that's all they had was NIV, and I've got this marked up, and I've got so much invested in this, I don't want to leave it. So... Anyway, um, <clears throat> so we're going to start with the empty tomb, the morning of uh, his resurrection. So turn to me to Luke 24. If you have your Bibles, turn to me to Luke. And we're going to read for a little bit. And we're basically going to be in the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We'll be at the end of them, you know, for his... Uh, resurrection and his being seen by people and so we won't have to be skipping around too much but we'll be kind of surfing back and forth from those four gospels um, so everybody there Luke 24 we're going to start I'm going to read uh, and I'm going to try to read fast and we're in, starting in verse 1 and we'll go down through 12 on the first day of the week, first day of the week, keep that in mind, Sunday, very early in the morning, the women took the spices and had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away uh, from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wandering, wondering about this, and suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them, and in their fright, the women bowed down and their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of the sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all this, these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them, who told them to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to be like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over, saw the stripes of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what has happened. Okay, so we'll stop right there. So the phrase in this passage was the question that the, that the angel asked the women. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And that phrase hit me about, I don't know, a month ago. And I did a little devotion at the dream team. And I thought, you know, that's what we do. We look for things that to make us alive in this dead and dying world. This world is not going to last forever. And we, we, we substitute stuff. And, and alcohol, drugs, you know, sex, porn, uh, political causes. Think about that. Political causes. I have relatives that, if you were to ask them, um, "What is your identity?" You know, the first thing they would say, "I'm a Republican." What's your cause? Food. Food can food can make you feel good. My granddaughter, when she eats, she goes, "Mmm, mmm, mmm, it's cutest thing ever." Okay. Possessions, you know, we want, we, everybody wants that five-bedroom house on the lake. Money, we can, we can think money is our answer. We can worship our money. Other people, 
Are we codependent? That if we feel like if they weren't in our life, we wouldn't be living? I'm just listing a few things here. Ourselves, pride. Here's a good one, church programs. If we could just get this youth group off the ground, then we would feel like we're alive and doing something for Christ. Status, job, titles, I could go on. You know, it's the, it's the flesh when we feel alive, searching and investing in time in all this that will someday fade away and not be here. Why, not, why do we not invest in eternal stuff? Why do we not invest in that? Why do we look for the living among the dead? Jesus says, repent, for the kingdom of, ha- kingdom of heaven is near, is at hand. You can grab it. You can get some if you want some, like my brother Bob says. Jesus said, he told his disciples, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. I will give you life. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me. You will have life and life more abundantly. If you don't believe that, read, you don't have to turn there, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first his righteousness. So why did Jesus appear to the women first? And he, I've, I've asked several people this. I've asked Brother Bob this. I've asked several people this. Why do you think, ask my wife this, of course she's a woman, so she's like, well, yeah, we're more holy than the men. <laughs> so why did he, why do you think he appeared to the women first? Yeah, and I would agree with that, and and that's what. So equality, he he was making because 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 women were possessions. You could divorce a woman, and they could they need to leave, leave your house, and they're gone. So he was making them. I feel like, and I don't know, I don't have all the answers to this, but I feel like he was making e- equality in there to to lift them up to like you are worthy of me appearing to you. And what the disciples do when they went back and told them? They didn't believe them. And that's, we'll get to that more in, as we come. So, um, go to John 20. Flip to the right a little bit. John 20. And we'll start in verse 10. Then the disciples went to their homes. Everybody there? John 20, 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept. And she bent over to look at the tomb and saw two angels in white and seated with Jesus, uh, where Jesus' body, were seated where Jesus' body had been, one uh, at the head and one at the foot. They ask her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away. They, get it, they have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this, he turned around, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize him that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, 
If you have carried away him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, called her by name. She, she turned toward him and cried out uh, in Arabic, Rabboni, I think that's how you pronounce that, a rabbi, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold, well, we'll stop right there. That was, um, yeah, we'll stop right there. So, <clears throat> again, they left. She didn't. He appears to her. Faith. I mean, she, she was, she questioned it. Where have you took him? But she stayed. Go to, um, and we're going to go through pretty quick through these verses. Go to Mark 16, verse 1. Hang a left and go to Mark 16, verse 1. And I know we're going to go through a lot of scriptures, but I think it's important that we do because I'm trying to lay a foundation here. 16, 1. Sixteen one. Everybody there? All right. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, uh, the mother of James, and uh, Solomon, Solomon brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Verily in the first day, first day again of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away for the, for the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw, the young, saw a young man dressed in white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus of Nazarene, Nazareth. The Nazarene, I can't even talk about it, who, has, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where he had laid, but go, tell the disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. When Jesus rose on the on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. He went to tell, he went and told those she went and told those he had been with her, and who uh, were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive, and that that she had seen him, they did not believe it. So again, here's to the women. They believe him. They believe it's him. She they go sell the apostles, and the apostles didn't believe it. Why? I mean, why? Think about this. Think about this. Most of these apostles, probably all of them, the followers, had either witnessed firsthand him raising the dead. Lazarus, the uh, widowed woman's son that was... They were coming out with the in a funeral, and he raised him from the dead. Um, the uh, he's not a Pharisee; he's he's uh, like a ruler of the synagogue. His daughter, it says, in James, John, and I think it was Peter, James, and John were there. They had seen this happen. They had experienced this to happen. Why was it so hard for them to believe that Jesus was not rose from the dead? I mean, it says over and over that they did not believe the women. I don't know. But here's what I think. They focused on him being dead, horrible death on the cross, being laid in a tomb, and now their Messiah that was going to come deliver them from the occupation of the Romans and everything else is dead and is in a tomb. And they, that's what their focus was. 
They could not see past that. Um, so I'll go, I'll go a little bit more into that, but their, their lack of belief after seeing all that is just, to me, it just astounds me that, that they could not wrap their mind around he had risen after seeing all that. And we're going we're gonna to hit on that again, but we're going to skip to midday. So go back to, uh, I think we're in Luke 24. Go back to 24. We're just kind of skipping back around. So now this is midday. That was morning. So now we're in midday. And you guys know about the road to Emmaus. And, and I'm going to read again because I just think it's important to, to study this out and read this out because I don't want you just to take my word for it. So we're going to start in verse 13. So we're at 24, verse 13. Now the same day, same day, the two of them, it's some, your version may say two disciples, were going to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened, and they asked and discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. I often wonder why that was. Um... So they're talking about everything that happened, and he comes along and starts talking to them. He asks them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still. Can you imagine that? They're walking along, Jesus walking along, and, and he asks a question, and they just stood, they stood still just looking at him like, like, duh. Or, like, what, what, like, what? And, and so they, they say to him, um, where I lost my place here to see yes, I'm doing. so they stood still yeah with their faces down one of them named uh, Cleopas asked him are you only a visitor to Jerusalem or do you know the things that have happened there in these days so he's like really guy are, why, why are you asking this question what things he said he asked about Jesus of Nazareth they replied he was a prophet was a prophet that's their mindset. He was. He came. He said a lot of good stuff. He did a lot of miracles. Now he's dead in a tomb, and we don't have a prophet anymore. Powerful in word and deed before the God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to the sentence to death, and they crucified him. But, he, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. There it is. And, and what is more... It is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of the women, you know them women, some of the women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in the morning but didn't find the body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of the Companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So he's kind of re he's rebuking them. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them, what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. So he broke off some, you know, preaching right there, right there on them. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is near, nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went and stayed with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. 
they ask each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened scripture? He's right there by your side. He's breaking off scripture to you. Your hearts are burning, and you didn't recognize him. They got up and returned once to Jerusalem, at once. So they left, left there. It was evening. They left. The word says they went directly to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when they broke bread. So, my, what I want to say here is, isn't it sometimes we, we have Jesus right beside us. We have the Holy Spirit right there telling us and urging us and directing us. We don't even recognize it. Why do you think their eyes were open when he broke bread? Any comments on that? And I bounced this off my spiritual father and said, I tied it to when, the, when he fed the 5,000. And Brother Bob said, well, I never saw it that way. I thought, all right, got one on him. <laughs> but when he fed the 5,000, he, he blessed the father. He took what he had, and he blessed the father. And if you've ever seen the Chosen series, they do a really good job at portraying this, I thought. You know, I like the series, but when he did this, you could see all the disciples, they were looking at him. They focused on him, blessing the elements, blessing what he had to the Father. They weren't looking at the baskets. They were looking at him, and I thought, hmm. So he blessed what he had. And he multiplied it, and it opened their eyes to a miracle. And I think that's that relates to this. So my takeaway here is, you know, when we feel like, you know, we need to go to Scripture, we need to pray about a situation, I mean, we're into a situation, or um, we just need to give thanks. And, and bless him and 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 you know say who he is to us and let him open the eyes of us and and remembrance and and I and I said this to Bob too when when I we were talking I said you know the the word because he the Holy Spirit brings remembrance to us and and it's it's in scripture you don't have to turn there but in John 14 16 he will teach you all things and bring to you re remembrance things that I have said to you but you got to listen to him. You've got to put it in there. You've got to read it. How can you bring remember? How can he bring remembrance if it ain't in there to begin with? So that word remembrance really, really, really jumped off at me. Um, so we have to know his voice. We have to know his word. We have to be in scripture. And every time you come to that, give thanks. Give honor, come in praise, and um, one of the one of my favorite scriptures is James five sixteen. You don't have to turn there again, but one of my favorite one. It's in the end of James five sixteen. I call it B. The fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I'm I, let me tell you, I was. I cheated off my girlfriend's homework to pass high school. I did not. I, college was not in my forethought. I'm getting out of here, and I'm going to work. Dumbest thing I could have ever done because I've been working like a dog ever since. <laughs> Why would I jump right into it? But that's, what, that's, that's how I was growing. That's how I was raised. You go to school, you graduate, you go to work. So I did the minimum to get through high school. So I had to, I had to look this word fervent up. <laughs> My English is not good. Um, you know what fervent means? How, how it's defined. 
extremely hot, he tents emotion. Kind of changes your outlook on going to prayer with a fervent heart. Because you're like, okay, Lord, i got to pray for you today, I guess. You know, I've got this all this weighing at me. It says a fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Changes your whole outlook on how you need to approach him with intense emotion, extremely hot, wanting him, Lord, I know who you are. I know, you know, I battled this here just lately. I, I was sick for like a month and a half. I wore my wife out because I'm a big baby and I won't do what she tells me to do. And I just was keep, I just wasn't getting any better. And I'm like, Lord, you know, come, I know you don't want sickness on. Why am I not getting better? But was I doing it with a fervent heart on who he is? No matter if I was going to get better, I know he can make me better. Regardless. And so, changes your aspect on going to him in prayer. Okay, so we're, we're going to, um, when he appear, appears to the disciples, same day, this is evening, and you can stay right in Luke 24, it's the next verses. So we're going to pick up Luke 24, uh, we're going to start in 36, everybody should be there. While they were still talking, they, so the guys from Emmaus was there, they were all talking, Jesus stood Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled and why do you why do doubts rise up in your minds? He's he's really rebuking them. Why 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 are you doubting? Look at my hands and my feet. Is it I is it it is I, myself. Touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you have seen I have. When he said this, they showed, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they still did not believe, Lord, me, it, because of the joy and, and uh, amazement, he asked them, do you have anything to eat? It strikes me as being funny. They're, they're startled and frightened, and, and he's telling me he ain't a ghost, and he just says, I'm hungry. You got anything to eat? It just kind of, I don't know, I find that comical. They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Again, don't know too many ghosts that eat. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened his their minds. He opened their minds so they could. He revealed himself so that they could understand the scripture. He told them, "This is what is written: the Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem." You are witness of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, Holy Spirit, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So, he wasn't a ghost. He wasn't a spirit. He was flesh and blood. He ate with them. You know, he walked with them. He talked with them. I'm building a, a case here. This, this is, he was flesh with them. He was trying to convince them, I have risen from the dead. Why are you doubting? Um, so why was it important to be flesh? I mean, to be flesh and blood. I think, you know, he, he wanted to show, he wanted to, them to understand the power of the Almighty God, the El Shaddai. 
power that can raise people from the dead. And he is alive today. You can't say that about other religions. Muhammad's dead in a... I looked up the word Muhammad. Go on Wikipedia. It'll tell you when he died and where he's buried. And you can visit it today. You know, Buddha, they'll tell you when he died, where he's buried. You can visit it today. Other religions can't. That's right. And that's why it was so important for him to show himself to be alive and that he lives today and that he is, he is not like other prophets that are dead and still in the grave. And, and, and so <clears throat> um, I talked to Bob about this. You know, he, he, show, he told him two or three times, look at my hands and look at my side. Look at it. So, to me, that was that was intentional. Because how can Jesus, that could heal the lame, cure the blind, cure leprosy by touching, cure bleeding by them, the girl touching his hem? How can Jesus not heal the wounds on his hand or in his side? It's intentional. He wanted to show them, I was on the cross. Look at, look at my hands. Look at my side. I was there. Some of you saw me. But now I'm here, and I'm alive, and I'm flesh. That's right. That's good. So, I mean, that's where we get the name Doubting Thomas. And so Thomas, one, one version says he wasn't there. The other version says it's 11, and I'm, 11 were in the room. I'm not going to argue with that. Just turn to John 20. Turn right to John 20. Because he appears to Thomas. And, and in John, it says a week later. And we're going to read John 20, 24 through 29, just for four verses. It says, Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nails marks in his hand and put my finger in the nails where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe it. <laughs> a week later, the disciples were in the house. Well, he's like, he's tempting Jesus here. A week later, they were in the disciples were in the house, and Thomas was with them through the door. Though the door was locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he turns and talks to John Thomas and says, Put your fingers here. See my hands? Reach out your hands and put it in my side. And then rebukes him. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord. He knew instantly then, that's my Lord. He confessed to him then, that's my Lord. He is my Lord. When Jesus told him, and this is, this is instrumental, this is, this is good stuff here. You, this should be highlighted. In your Bible, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. Whew. 
So we all have these friends. You may be one of them. Don't look at your friend right now that doubt, you know, don't look at them right now. But that, you know, well, I'll believe it when I see it. We all have them. We all have them friends. The word says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Faith, and you don't have to turn there, Hebrews, so it's, it's all about faith. You believe, even though you haven't seen, you believe. Faith, Hebrews 11.1, 1, y'all know this? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Substance, and my brother Bob kind of really highlighted this for me, faith is a substance will sustain you. Substance, look this up too, because again, I'm not very learned guy. Real physical matter in which a person or a thing consists. The choice or the most essential or the most vital part of an experience. Considerable capital, wealth or income. It's God's currency. Ye of little faith and in great faith. It's God's currency. Hebrews eleven six And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe, you must believe that he exists. They didn't, the disciples didn't know, they didn't think he existed. They just could not believe that he existed. Hebrews says that you must believe he exists and that he will reward those who earnestly seek him. Faith is believing Jesus is who he is, who he says, Scripture says he is. He is the Son of, he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Savior of the world, the Prince of Peace, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Everlasting Father, Mighty Counselor, Healer, Protector. You could go on and on. Do you believe it? Faith is being certain that, that you are saved by grace through faith, and it is a gift from him. I wrote down, faith is knowing one day that you will, face, you, will, you will be face-to-face with Jesus in heaven, and depending on your accepting him as Lord and Savior, and how you steward your time here on earth, bringing heaven to earth, serving the one true king, he will say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Last page. We're on. Hey, we're making good time. Yeah. Last point I'm going to get to is uh, John 20. I think we're there. We are there. And we're going to start in verse 19. Um, this was recapping where he comes and visits them for the first time. On the evening of the first day, again, first day of the week, on the evening of the first day of the day, week, when the disciples were gathered with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Giving them a purpose. And why they and and with this, with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now your virgin may say something a little different. I'm just reading it off NIV. If you forgive anyone of his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So it was instrumental that he breathed on them. Why? Y'all have heard John preach this. Y'all ought to know this. Why? Why was it so? He appears to them in living form. He is flesh and blood. And he breathes on them. Why? Born again, accepting him. He comes to live inside them, the spirit. 
He breathes on them, just like he breathed into Adam and life happened. Just like he told the, the uh, Valley of the Dry Bones, and I wrote, and I wrote this down here uh, somewhere. Uh, Thus saith the Lord to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. So he breathed life into them, his life. So now the, belie- now the disciples believe Jesus lives, and they received the Holy Spirit. And now he lives inside them. It's really no different than when we accept salvation. We believe he lives. He is our Lord and Savior. You call him your Lord and Savior. And you ask him into your life and the Holy Spirit breathes inside of you and it comes inside of you. And now the Holy Spirit is in you. He lives inside you. I equate it to the same thing. Hebrews 10, 9. Confess with your mouth, Lord is Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit and his life-giving breath comes inside of us. So, why did he appear for 40 days? Summary. This is my summary. And you, this is just my summary of it. To ease their worry and doubts. If he would have went directly to heaven and directed all this from heaven, I don't know. I think he wanted, he was personal. He was relational. He wanted to meet with them and talk with them and eat with them. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, you know, the only begotten, the one true Savior, sits at the right hand of the Father, fulfilled prophecy, and must he must now go so that the Holy Spirit come. But he eases their worries and doubts. He gave directions. Um... I love Peter because he did so much stupid stuff. But then he did so much good stuff, and I can relate. (laughs) I'm very relatable to Peter. But he reinstates Peter, and what's he say? Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs first. New believers. Feed them. Peter, pour into them when they believe. Come alongside of them. Help them. Help be with them. Then what's he say? Take care of my sheep. Shepherd them. Protect them. What's a shepherd do? He, he helps. He will almost give his life, probably will give his life for the herd, for the sheep. Shepherd them. That's believers. That's part of your family. That's part of your church family. Shepherd them. Then he says, feed my sheep. And I wrote down, constant state of teaching and learning. Never stop. Should never stop. Should always be a constant feeding of the sheep. Always. And then, of course, the direction would have to be the Great Commission. Matthew 28, you all know it, 16 through 20. 28, 20, we're we're not going to read it there, but he says, go and make. He didn't say come and stay in church. He said, go and make disciples. So many of us have it where we, well, I went to church Sunday. I should be good for a month or so. Mm -mm. it's not about coming and staying it's about going and making yes we should we should come and hear the word and be fed but we should go out with the heart of I need to go and make you could be one day in the kingdom and lead somebody to Christ lastly he fulfilled the new covenant no longer needed to make atonement for sins with blood sacrifice. 
one died for all. And you need to turn here because if you don't have this scripture highlighted, you need to. Second Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. There's two, two verses there that you need to have highlighted. I love this scripture. Everybody there? Second Corinthians 5, 14 through 15. 14 and 15. 14, for the, for the love of Christ compels us. Go and make. It compels us. Because we judge this, that if one died for all, that then all dies. And 15, and he died for all, that those who live shall no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So that's that's what the Lord put down in my heart. And and after I was meditating and reading on this, He said, "You know, we y'all you need to take communion with everybody." And communion is yes, it's it's about the blood and the broken body, and we do it in remembrance of what He did on that cross and how He took our punishment and His stripes, you know, heal us. It is all about that but we also have to remember what he did afterwards. That he came in a physical form and, and told his disciples, gave them comfort, told them how to go minister out there because they were locked up in a room, scared of the Jews. They weren't going to go anywhere. Gave them confidence, gave them the Holy Spirit, and sent them. And so um, we remember that. Remember what he did those 40 days that he was seen by hundreds, it says. In the end of John, it says he did so many miracles, we ain't got enough books to write it down. So this was just a tip of the what they wrote down basically on the first day. So if a couple of guys, uh, maybe Jake, Maybe can help with pass out some communion. Jake and yeah, Daniel, if you would help, please. And I want to do this kind of individually. Um, we got five minutes or so. We, I got a four-minute song I want to play, and you, you can do this. You can do this as a group if you want, but I'm not going to lead it. I want you to do. Um, listen to uh, it's it's a call it's a song called communion so um, kind of want you to do that and then um, after it's over I'll close us out thanks again for listening to the face center podcast to connect with us go to facecenter.tv and fill out our connection card We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.